You're listening to the Baby Your Baby podcast with me, Jade Elliott, where we talk all things pregnancy, children, and parenting. Don't forget to subscribe and share with your friends. Baby Your Baby is a KUTV 2 News podcast and is sponsored by Intermountain Healthcare, Broadway Media, and the Utah Department of Health. Thanks for joining us for the Baby Your Baby podcast with myself, Jade Elliott. I'm joined today uh, by Emily Hart-Hayes with Intermountain Health. Thanks for being with us. Yeah, thanks for having me. We talk about a lot of different scenarios and situations and uh, complications. Mm -hmm. Um, And in the grand scheme of things, we talk a lot about maybe some bad things that can happen uh, when you're pregnant or when you have children. Um, And we talk about those because we want to prepare people, of course, and let people know that they're not as scary as they think. But today, we're talking about how, in reality, most pregnancies are really pretty normal. Absolutely. I think that it's normal to think about all the things that can go wrong. We want to prepare ourselves. Um, But really, most of the time, pregnancy goes exactly as it should, right? Look Mm -hmm. around. We have lots (laughs) of healthy, happy kids and babies and moms. And so... It's important to remember that we can do things to optimize health, Mm -hmm. and then beyond that, worrying doesn't really help anything. And we can be worriers by nature, of course, and so that plays into it as well. Absolutely, yeah. Um, The other side of it is, I think that we feel uh, that we do hear more about the bad stories than the good, Yeah, and so then... You know, one out of however many we're hearing, it's this nightmare of a story, whether it was complications during uh, the birth, complications during the pregnancy, afterwards. Oh, yeah. Um, But most of the time, the stories are great. I'll say it. I had a great pregnancy. Mm -hmm. I had no complications. I always make the joke that I don't actually make a lot of friends when I tell people about how wonderful right. everything was. But that is the reality, that it's it's not all the bad side of things that we hear. Right, right. I think that part of that is that women need to process their experiences. Mm-hmm. And so when we have had something that was scary or went wrong, there's a need for us to talk to our support people, yes. maybe our friends or our sisters or our mothers. And so we want to share that story as part of that process. Uh, but when you are a new mom, newly pregnant, first baby, or even fifth baby, it's easy to say, what if that were me? Right. What if I went through that? Instead of saying, I acknowledge your experience, and most of the time, this is a normal process. This isn't a disease that is happening to me. Exactly. Pregnancy is a normal part of women's lives. So let's talk about some statistics. One of them shows that 96 to 97% of the time, babies are born normal and healthy. Right. right. 96 to 97%. Those are good numbers. Right. Birth defects happen in about 3% of pregnancies, ranging from what we think of as you know more minor birth defects, maybe a cleft palate, mm-hmm. uh, ranging all the way to, say, a really scary cardiac defect or heart defect. Um, that's 3%. But when you flip that on its side... That means 97% of the time, babies are not going to have a birth defect. And so let's talk a little bit about birth defects. And 
um, how we can try to prevent them. Right. So most birth defects are going to be, you're going to increase your chances of that by um, smoking, maybe taking drugs that are illegal or other substances, um, uh, um, people who start pregnancy out as obese or having uncontrolled uh, diabetes, those are things that can increase a person's risk for a birth defect. Again, if we take the flip side, how can I prevent birth defects or right. decrease the chances of that? S start out healthy pregnancy at a healthy weight with regular exercise and a great diet. Um, so that our, we have lower chances of diabetes during mm -hmm. pregnancy. Um, taking a prenatal vitamin containing B vitamin called folic acid is one of the easiest ways to prevent birth defects. We know that uh, in the three months leading up to a pregnancy and then in the first few weeks of pregnancy before most women even know they're pregnant, that's the most critical time for adequate levels of this B vitamin. Folic acid, you think of the word foliage. We get it in <laughs> green leafy vegetables, mm -hmm. but taking a supplement can give you that little insurance policy and we can significantly reduce the risks of what we call neural tube defects or um, things like spina bifida mm -hmm. when the very early embryonic development is happening. Yeah, it's imperative. Yeah, um, let's see, so we talked about weight, avoiding alcohol we talked about, um, and, and smoking. You know, these are things that I think are, come, are probably common sense for most of us. Mm -hmm, exactly. Uh, but we do go back to that worry sometimes, and a big worry not only birth defects, preterm labor, but also um, the fear of miscarriage. Yeah. And whether we've had one in a previous pregnancy or we just continue to hear the stories of friends or family or acquaintances that have had them, I mean, it's a fear that everyone has when they become pregnant. So what's kind of that point of when do I call my doctor? When do I talk to my midwife about what I might be feeling? Right, right. I think that one of the great things that's coming out in recent years is that we're reducing the stigma behind early pregnancy loss mm -hmm. and miscarriage. Mm -hmm. Women are more willing to share their stories and we're learning that we're not alone when we do go through that. Right. That other side of that coin, once again, is that that may make us all worry that we're, every pregnancy is, a, is gonna, you know, a miscarriage waiting to happen mm -hmm. kind of thing. And so, again, we should remember, most pregnancies develop perfectly normally. It's important to be aware of signs of miscarriage. One of um, the most telltale signs is bleeding in pregnancy. Um, bleeding and pain together, definitely you should be calling your healthcare provider and saying, mm -hmm. this is happening, you know, what should we do? Um, it's common to have some discomfort and cramping. You're and growing a human inside of your indeed, body. Indeed, it, it's common to have discomfort. Yeah. And it's even common to have some spotting or light, light mm -hmm. bleeding in the first trimester. Um, that can happen and most of the time the pregnancy continues happily. But it's important to call and check in with your healthcare provider. They're going to help you f based on your symptoms, maybe based on some testing, whether everything is going fine or whether there may be a reason to be concerned. Sure. I think it's also important to remember that um, most of the time miscarriage happens completely outside of our control. Right. Uh, and that makes it scary, but it's also one of these things that you, a lot of people blame themselves. What did I do to mm -hmm. cause this? Mm -hmm. What did I do wrong? Uh, and there's really nothing that we can do to say. And it's such a hard 
reality to face. Mm-hmm. Um, and like you said, I do. I think a lot of women blame themselves mm-hmm. for what they did or didn't do. Um, I I kind of look at it in the sense of um, it's just your body telling you that it kind of wasn't ready for what it was going to go through over the next nine months. That's one way to look at it. Um, I think also so much of pregnancy and birth Mm -hmm. is a parenting lesson. Mm -hmm. That there's a lot outside our control. (laughs) And so we have to, those are ways to learn, kind of to say, I'm going to do what I can to optimize my health and, and then trust that the normal, like, you know, where it's likely to progress normally. Right, right. Um, and kind of going on that same cycle, prenatal visits. Mm-hmm. Those are crucial yeah. uh, when you're going through your, your pregnancy. And yeah. Prenatal vit care is, the purpose of it is to help you have a healthy, healthiest pregnancy as possible and to monitor for signs that maybe some complication might happen. And so we want to help optimize health and monitor for possible complications. Mm -hmm. And that's what we do at prenatal care. We check your blood pressure and make sure that your blood pressure is staying normal. Because that can play a big factor in your pregnancy. Absolutely. And in your labor. Yeah. Blood pressure problems are um, not the most likely outcome, (laughs) but they are common in pregnancy and it's important to keep an eye on that because Mm -hmm. they can be dangerous. Mm -hmm. Um, And and maybe you might not even have any symptoms of that either. Right. Um, we're, we're doing checks of labs and looking for signs of gestational diabetes and we're monitoring growth of the baby and making sure that everything is developing as it likely is normally. Right. Normally, right. And it is, it's, it's so important. I think every time there's always something, you don't know what you don't know. Yeah. And that's why you go in for those prenatals, because they're telling you things that you may not have even been aware of. I know with my first pregnancy, they said, you know, we need to test you for strep B. And I thought, what in the world is that? I'm fine. Yeah, I don't have strep throat. Exactly. It's stuff like that, because, um, you know, when those tests come back, however they sway, it's for a reason. And so going in and not knowing about something and going through your pregnancy not knowing that you could have prevented something. Right. I think that's where it really falls, is making sure that you're doing everything you can to prevent right. a negative outcome. Right. Knowledge is power, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and so much of prenatal visits is about helping educate parents about what's coming, what their body is going through, understanding that these things can be normal. Oh, that's yeah. another large role of prenatal care is education. Yeah, absolutely. And support. Uh, And so another important part of that and why prenatal visits are so important is watching the growth of your baby and making sure that things are on track week by week Um, and trying to prevent premature birth. Yeah. So premature birth, there are a lot of possible causes for premature birth. Uh, We know, again, healthy healthy diet, healthy weight, regular prenatal care, good social support, feeling supported by your family, your friends, your care provider good nutrition, um, there are a lot of things in the social atmosphere that can affect pre- the risk for preterm birth. And so as a society, we can do things to support women and pre- prevent preterm birth. Absolutely. Um, but the most common causes are infection, um, smoking, drugs, 
uh, alcohol. These are things that we have control over mm -hmm. that we can do to prevent preterm birth. Um, other things that can impact somebody's risk, the, ma the main risk factor for preterm birth is having had a previous pregnancy that was born um, preterm or premature. And that's before 37 weeks along mm -hmm. in the pregnancy is the definition there. Um, twins, um, having um, conceiving through in vitro fertilization. There are other things that affect the risk for preterm birth. Sure. But it's not the likely, most likely outcome. Most of the time, your pregnancy will go all the way to term mm -hmm. and beyond, which and a lot of people, <laughs> that's, that's the other side of that. Yeah, exactly. Um, so some of the things you were just touching on, you know, things that we can control, because there are so many things that we can't. Uh, so keeping ourselves healthy, exercising. Um, a lot of women, I think, when they become pregnant, if they've been very active uh, throughout their life, they're afraid to continue on mm -hmm. with their activity, whether they're a runner or a skier or uh, you know an outdoor enthusiast, they kind of start to worry, oh, I can't do these things yeah. because I'm pregnant. Right. That is so not true. We have this stereotype about women in pregnancy that they're, we're fragile. Right. Right? Oh, just lay in bed. I'll bring Don't you move. Food. You'll be fine. It's not good for us. No. Yeah, we should stay active. The things in exercise, it's important to keep exercising during mm -hmm. pregnancy. That's one of the ways that we can stay healthy and strong. Birth is a physiologic, physical event. It's a full body event. Yeah. It, you would never go run a marathon without preparing and staying healthy before that. <laughs> I would right? never go run a marathon, period. <laughs> Me either. <laughs> but I I'm did not have a, a baby. <laughs> um, so the, the things we say to avoid are things that could impact an injury could cause an injury mm -hmm. to the abdomen. So mm -hmm. contact sports. You know, I wouldn't be out there playing hockey. Right. Pregnant. Right. Uh, the other things that we commonly bring up are skiing and horseback riding. Mm -hmm. uh, if you had a fall off a horse, that could be really dangerous to pregnant you. Pregnant or not baby. pregnant. Right. Yeah. And so th think about this. What's the likelihood of a serious injury to my abdomen? Yeah. Skiing um, obviously affects a lot of us here in Utah. Mm -hmm. We have a lot of skiers here compared to other parts of the country. And so the, the, really the people who are dangerous to us, if we're, if we're good experienced skiers, are other people on the mountain. Sure. Could run into you and hurt you. So as soon as you're past that first trimester, we recommend maybe taking that season, the stepping out lodge, that maybe. season. Mm -hmm. <laughs> they always say, oh, you could cross-country ski. You know, I'm more likely to fall cross-country skiing than I am downhill skiing. A hundred percent, yeah. <laughs> so, but running, people have questions about running. If you're mm -hmm. a runner going into it, keep running. Right. Listen to your body. You are an expert in your body. So if it's too much for you, then it's too much for baby. Can you carry on a conversation with your running partner without, oh, I mm -hmm. can't breathe? Then your baby is fine. Um, as our belly grows, things get more challenging. Things can get more <laughs> challenging. You can lose your balance more easily. You have Your ligaments are more flexible because of the hormones of pregnancy. Mm -hmm. So injuries are more likely. So you need to be careful, but that doesn't mean just sitting on the couch for nine months. Right. Just because your shoes get harder to tie doesn't mean you have to stop moving altogether. Exactly. And I think that's such a good reminder for people um, because, like I said, it, we all worry. We worry by nature. Um, but it's not only good to continue on with what we've been doing activity-wise for our bodies, it's good for our brains. 
Absolutely. So we know women are at risk for perinatal mood disorders mm -hmm. like anxiety and depression. We hear a lot about postpartum depression, but we actually see an increased risk for mood disorders during pregnancy, not just after. Even though this is a really happy time in our lives, a lot of us experience these changes that can result in anxiety and depression during and after pregnancy. And that's not something you hear a lot about. Right. But it's out there. There's a lot. And so we know one of the best ways to prevent anxiety and depression, whether we're pregnant or not, is getting regular exercise. Our brain really needs that movement. And one of the things we can do to help prevent that is by getting regular exercise, along with other things. Yeah. Having adequate social support. Yeah. yeah. No, I think that's great. Um, so then you get to the point in your pregnancy where you can start to feel your baby move. Yeah. And you start to feel reassured. Yes. It's so nice to feel that baby move, isn't it? <laughs> to have the dance party when you're trying to sleep. Well, <laughs> that part's harder. So baby moving, if, once you get into that third trimester, you should be feeling your baby move on a regular basis. Mm -hmm. uh, we have this thing called a fetal kick count. And some people like to do these every day. It helps reassure them. You don't have to do this exercise <laughs> every day. But uh, a fetal kick count is you sit down in a chair, comfy chair, you get a snack or a drink of ice water, you relax, no phones, no TV, no conversations. You just feel your baby. Just be there with your baby. You should feel baby move about 10 times in an hour. Mm -hmm. Now, most of the time, you're not sitting there for an hour. Who has that time right. every that, that day? That sounds like a luxury. <laughs> yeah. Most of the time, if everything is great and you are doing nothing but feeling for your baby, you're going to feel baby move in 15 minutes. Sure. Times. Sure. A little movement is just as reassuring as a giant big soccer movement. ball kick. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, babies who are getting adequate nutrition and an oxygen are moving. Mm -hmm. The first thing you're going to do when you feel a little under the weather, you're not getting everything you need, you're going to slow down and sure. babies do that too. And so feeling that baby move every day is one of the most reassuring signs that baby is well. It is, but you also shouldn't always be worried or concerned if you sit down and that yeah. one time you don't. Yeah. It doesn't mean there's something wrong. Babies go through sleep cycles. Yeah, they aren't going to be moving all the time. They need to rest as well. Yeah. And so just kind of paying attention to your body and your baby. Are I feeling baby throughout the day? Uh, if, if it's been a busy day, mm -hmm. sometimes we just don't feel baby because we're busy doing other things. I think second time moms or third or fourth <laughs> get this a lot where they are busy caring for their other children Absolutely. or when we're at work and engaged in a task. And so if you think, Hmm, it's been a little while since I felt the baby. Sit down, take a minute with your baby check-in. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think that's great. I, I knew exactly what Jackson's sleep cycle was, and it was during the day. Mm -hmm. Right when you go to lie down mm -hmm. at, at night, that's, that's when their when party woke time up. is. Yep, absolutely. Yep. Um, and so now that we've gone through our pregnancy and everything has been normal, yep. because most, most of likely. them are, yep. <laughs> uh, let's talk about labor. Yeah. Because that's another stressful, yeah. anxious, whether it's your first one or your fifth one. You've heard lots of stories. Something. Yeah, yeah. So again, just like the rest of pregnancy, birth, labor and birth usually go normally. Mm -hmm. it, we have statistics from the Healthy People 2020 initiative from the US government tells us 85% of women go into labor healthy, mm -hmm. low risk for complications. And that's the most likely thing that's gonna happen is you're gonna have a normal, vaginal birth. You're not going to have 
uh, an emergency yeah, section right. or something panic ensuing. Right. We do have those happen. Mm -hmm. And so having a care provider that's prepared for emergencies is important. Right. Um, being surrounded by people who are there to support you can decrease the risk for the need for a C-section and other interventions. So we aren't just physical uh, collection of muscles, <laughs> right? Our uterus is a muscle, yeah. but we are people with emotions and emotional needs. And so having that, all that support team for you during your labor and birth is going to help optimize all those outcomes. And yeah. then having a skilled provider who can monitor your condition, mm -hmm. monitor your baby's condition, and help you have a healthy birth. Yeah. And it kind of starts back at the beginning when you kind of have that first visit and you go in, whether you already know you're pregnant or you think you might be. Yeah. And having that relationship with your provider. I think that that's important. Yeah. I, I, You're going to feel supported if you have a provider that ha you have a trusting relationship with. Exactly. I feel sometimes women uh, have seen a provider and that provider might have quirks that they don't necessarily like, but they just stay with that person because that's who they went with. Mm -hmm. It's okay to change. Yeah. It's okay to find someone that makes you feel comfortable and is on your same wavelength and pattern when it comes to your pregnancy and your childbirth and everything. Yes. So often we think we don't have choices. Right. Our mom went to this provider or a neighbor. Okay, that's who I do. Mm -hmm. You want to choose somebody who you have a good relationship with, who you trust, yeah. who supports you in your choices and how you want to birth, how you want to, to parent. Go through your process. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So I think it's really important to pay attention to those and advocate for yourself. Mm -hmm. Ask questions. It's a partnership. We're here to help give you the information that you need and help you make the decisions that are right for you and your family. Yeah, I think it's important for women to remember that they do have options and choices. They don't have to just stick with someone just because maybe they had a, a friend use them. Mm -hmm. Or maybe they went through a pregnancy with this provider already Absolutely. and didn't like it. But uh, now they're just going back because that's all they know. It's hard to break up. It right? is. <laughs> it is. It's hard to break up with a hairdresser. Yeah. It's hard to break up with your, imagine, your obstetric <laughs> provider, your pregnancy right. care provider. Yeah. But you can do it. Yeah. And it's, it's good for you to do sometimes if needed. Right. Um, the other thing that could be good when it comes to kind of going through concerns and questions, prenatal classes. Yeah. That's a great resource. Yeah, knowledge is power. I think that we can reduce a lot of our worries and fears by being knowledgeable about what our body is going through. What can we expect to happen during labor? What are the stages and phases of labor? How can our partners help support us through all of that? Mm -hmm. uh, I think we have focused this conversation about women's fears. Imagine partners who aren't there at every single prenatal visit with your midwife or your doctor. They're not getting all this information firsthand. They're getting it through somebody. And the most important person in your life is about to go through labor and go through this experience. Right. I think that we could do more to support Fear our anxiety. birth partners. Yeah. 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 I was lucky. John was with me at all my appointments. And I think it's because he knew that my memory was so bad. <laughs> I wouldn't remember all trusted. of the things <laughs> that I was being told. Yeah. 
Yeah. So I was fortunate for that. Yeah. So the prenatal classes are a great place for both uh, the woman who is pregnant and for their partner to yeah. learn about that process, what it's going to be like, what can they expect, what are common um, things that we would, might do, mm -hmm. and so they aren't uh, present. It's not f a fearful experience. Yeah, and each partner can have a completely different question that you might not even think of. Yeah. And so for them to be able to you know, ask that and have it answered. A lot of places even have sibling preparation classes to help mm -hmm. siblings be prepared for a coming baby and what might happen. And some people want to have their kids there with them when their babies are born. And so helping children understand all the changes. What might be coming. Yeah, exactly. In a way that's appropriate for them. <laughs> of course, of yeah. course. Yeah. Well, thank you so much yeah. for all of this and for reminding women that they do have options and choices with their care and that most pregnancies are normal. Yeah, thanks for having me. And that concludes the Baby Your Baby podcast with myself, Jade Elliott, and Emily Hart Hayes from Intermountain Health. Thanks for joining me, Jade Elliott, and our guest for this week's Baby Your Baby podcast. If you have a topic that you'd like our Baby Your Baby experts to discuss, leave us a comment and don't forget to subscribe. Baby Your Baby is a KUTV2 news podcast and is sponsored by Intermountain Healthcare, Broadway Media, and the Utah Department of Health.